0: Cheers. Cheers. Oh, fuck. Uh, I'm Kena. I'm Ambie. Welcome to Diplomacy Games, a lockdown edition. Yeah, we
1: seem to have a,
0: we've had a couple of these now. Yeah, so, uh, yep, we're not in a pub, we're at our own homes, and um, yeah, we've had a bit of a Bit of a breakout situation, which probably in every other part of the world, people would go, "That, that that's that's all you've got? What what, what are you guys doing?" <laughs> so, yeah, what
1: are you freaking <laughs> off? Yeah, exactly. what's well, in Australia, yeah. one kind of goes,
0: "Fuck, the skies are falling."
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it is what it is, and yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So here in uh, sunny Brisbane, Ipswich, Gold Coast, Logan, and uh, Northside culture.
0: Yeah, so we're all we're all in lockdown. We're all kind of pretty much working from home if we can. Masks if you're kind of getting out and about. You're not meant to do much. I think you can only go out for uh, essential activity, which is like you know, walking the dog, getting food, and uh, going go to pick to up a, go to the bottle and buy alcohol. <laughs> the essentials. <laughs> the essentials can't do anything else. Um,
1: but hey. Um, Which is the first thing I did when I heard there was a lockdown on my way home. I picked up a couple
0: of cases of
1: uh, Summersby Cloudy Apple Cider, which is what I'm drinking tonight. What about you, Andy?
0: Awesome, awesome, Kane. I've I've got a a Winskawara Estate Cabernet Shiraz Merlot 2017. It's very, very nice. Um, I I didn't get it straight away, but uh, I did get it during the lockdown because I could go there. One of the first things I did when I found out about the lockdown was went to the shops and bought lots and lots of toilet paper, because that's what you do. <laughs> toilet paper? Well, yeah, because, you know, everyone else fucking buys the toilet paper, so you've got to buy it before all the other bastards do.
1: You're just contributing to the problem.
0: Well, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the greatest rain... COVID, you know, corona, you know, contribution, isn't it? You know, when uh, no one else in the world fucking gave a shit about toilet paper and coronavirus until there were, like, fights for it for some reason in Australia because of misreporting in the media that all of our toilet paper came from China, which wasn't the case. Because obviously back then, you know, China was the only real area that really, really, really had it bad. And now all of a sudden, whenever there's a lockdown anywhere, everyone just goes off and buys toilet paper.
1: Uh, so yeah, I, I don't get it. I, yeah, I honestly don't get it.
0: But, you know. It has diversified a bit. So, apart from toilet paper going quickly, it's also like the basic staples, you know, milk, bread, you know, pasta, rice, meat, anything like that just kind of goes like that. Mmm, yeah. Anyway. yeah. So... um so today, as we said, obviously we're, we're recording uh, via by our, um, you know, our home and, and um, we won't do it straight away because he's not on the line yet, but we're actually going to do our first um, live interview. So live in the sense of we're kind of inserting it in when it's actually happening rather than kind of editing it later on.
1: Yeah, we'll just float straight into it.
0: So uh, when we say live, obviously, you guys will still hear it a few days later, but um, it's live when it's happening, so that's really cool. So uh, we'll talk about that. Should we just mention it now, so that when it happens, it's no real surprise and we have to kind of bring him in? Yeah, no, okay. Good probably idea. should. Probably should. So um, for our interview today is uh, Jamal Blakely. So Jamal is a player uh, based in Melbourne. This is our third Australian interviewee in a race. We're going to have to fucking change something about that. But... Um, He was the winner of PoppyCon. So, the world's first face to face post COVID tournament, um, discounting the European Championship when only seven people turn up. So, um, yeah, so this happened uh, just last weekend, only a few days ago. This was the tournament that um, you guys would have probably heard us talk about a couple of episodes back about "Hmm, do we, don't we? And honestly, I think we made a really, really good call, Kana, not to go down because whilst. um, uh, the lockdown hadn't been called for that weekend. Uh, there was a bit of a breakout going on, and uh, literally right now, being being here in Brisbane, uh, we can't go anywhere in Australia except I think New South Wales because they've got such um, such a laissez faire you know attitude towards corona. But everywhere else in the world, including Melbourne, we uh, we can't go to unless we wanted to go into paid hotel quarantine for fourteen days. So fuck that. So Jamal will be on very very soon. Um, we have played Jamal on a couple of occasions now. I think it was at the last PoppyCon and um, also back at the Melbourne Open, wasn't it? Um,
1: yes, both. yes to both of those.
0: And uh, as, as no doubt we'll kind of talk about it during the interview, um, Jamal is a very... How would you describe him as a player, Kana? Um,
1: I would say tenacious would be a, a good way of describing my experience of playing against Jamal. Or with Jamal, as as the case may be
0: Actually, that's a really good uh, description I kind of would have him as being um, Actually, I had a word in my head But I've, I've forgotten now Because I've had a couple of wines already Before we hopped on uh, um, Very determined I Probably the word would be intense I, I found him very intense But then again, uh, a number of the, the Melbourne players Are quite intense But we'll, we'll talk about that very, very soon When he kind of comes on um, so other things that are going on, um first off, um for anyone who who kind of has any, obviously yeah occasionally we talk about the Patreon feed and things like that. We had a really, really good um uh, last recording when we kind of got together at the Greaser um bar. We had like an hour and forty minutes France versus Austria game, which was awesome. Um and on top of that we've actually just recorded Arsene forward or Arsene backwards Um, The Patreon episode is going to come out in another week, so we'll kind of give a little bit of suspense. In in that game that we played uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, it was literally down to the wire, 17 supply centres each, when the, uh, the recorder got full within its SD card and cut out. So we've just literally finished off that game, which will be coming out in a week's time. When you hear this now, where we get the result, we won't say who won, but there is a very clear winner, uh, a champion in, within the um, Diplomacy Games podcast on who is the better France versus Austria player. So, if you're really interested <laughs> in that,
2: <clears throat>
0: shut yes, the fuck up, the don't, the don't, ruin, don't ruin it. You know, history, you don't want to kind of make out that you know you won when you mm-hmm. didn't win, and. um and anyway, so long story short, look, as we've said before, um, Patreon feed, um, it's just a little bit extra we give back to the, to the uh, Diplomacy Games community. We've got over 30 episodes Then now, uh, you know, literally for a couple of bucks or whatever like that a month, uh, that gives you access to that back catalogue, um, as well as any the, when the new episodes come out as well. So um, in, in saying that, I also wanted to uh, make particular mention uh, that we've actually got a new Patreon supporter as well, Kana. So, um um, I, I'm not quite sure because he's he's from says so from it's um, the, the Netherlands. So I might be pronouncing this incorrectly. So it's either uh, Jens Fogskard or uh, Jens Volksgard. And I might still do the surname wrong as well. But uh, he's just recently joined up as well, which is fantastic. Um, he was actually quite interested in listening to the France versus Austria game. I think that was the thing that kind of tipped him over. So um, welcome, Jens. Great to have you here. And... Um, the other thing around all this would be—you uh, might remember Kana. We had like a little, like a little election campaign last year. You remember that?
1: Oh, uh, yes, yes, I do. Yeah. So, yes. um,
0: so uh, for, for any new listeners, uh, Kana was actually running for president in the United States um, uh, due to voting irregularities. Um, you know, and because he's a nice guy, he didn't kind of contest the fact that he really did win. Uh, you know, he just kind of said, "Hey." Phew, Probably some oh, you know, yeah. some, well, some reason to this
1: happened.
0: To yeah. yeah, yeah. So might as well They'd give it to Biden. He's he's kind of you know he'd probably be all right in the game of diplomacy. So um, we we have been kind of running on our Patreon feed for a while now. The idea of um, uh, hey, if when Kana wins the election, you know, do you want to kind of pay just you know instead of two bucks a month, three bucks a month, and you'd get a position in uh, Kana's presidential cabinet. So uh, we're, we're a long way off, I think, for any possible 2024 bid. But um, I want to get a bit of a discussion with you, Kana, around. Well, what, what should we replace that with and, uh, and you know whether we start doing something a little bit different? So I've got an idea. Have you got any ideas or do you, you want to go first or you want me to go first?
1: Oh, I think it's got to be Andy something. What is it?
0: No, 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 no. So even though we're a little bit of a a um, you know, COVID hotspot right now, generally speaking, I think the world goes, well, Australia, they've done a reasonably good job with that. You know, it's a reasonably stable economy. We don't have too many problems, blah, 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 blah. And um, probably most of our listeners, mostly being based in America or Europe, wouldn't be aware of this. But at the moment, where we live, Brisbane, um, is the leading and the only main contender for the 2032 Summer Olympic Games. Um, there's a there's a few, you know, random um cities that have put up their hands saying, Oh, well, you know, we'll do this but the um the International Olympic Committee has now basically got sole negotiating rights with uh with Queensland around having the Olympics out here in twenty thirty two. So I was thinking, do we try and this might be an ambitious goal, Kana? Do we aim to get diplomacy onto the twenty thirty two Olympic Games schedule? Ugh.
1: Yeah, because the host nation gets to choose a sport, do not
0: they? Yeah, yeah. So I think during, you know, the the Sydney Olympics, was it – did we do Aussie rules or something? Or what did we do then?
1: Oh, no. What was it? It was BMX riding or something like that. BMX something. riding? Really? Yeah, no, it was something like that. Yeah. And so, then it stays on it. Like, once it's introduced, it stays there as an Olympic sport.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Well, look, that, that in itself is enough, for, I think, for everybody to say – Let's get behind making diplomacy part of the 2032 Olympic Games.
1: Well, uh, yeah, okay. So what's the peak physical performance?
0: You probably shouldn't be like us and be pissheads because it affects your gameplay.
1: <laughs> you'd have to set up a map properly, right? You'd have to set up a map and then you'd have to have... Well, that's probably going to fail would have to like, like, a, <laughs> a, like a group wrestling match, wouldn't it? Like each... each, each Competitor, you know, you start off with um, you, you can have up to seventeen competitors on a team, yeah, and you start off with your strongest wrestlers,
0: one on each supply center, and um, away you go. Are you thinking like a chaos game or something?
1: No, seven players.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, but you you be able to do all these rounds and things like that. I reckon this would be an awesome Olympic sport. <laughs> It was actually, you know how you said before how, you know, each country gets to pick a new new sport that goes on the Olympic calendar? Isn't it like Japan this year when they eventually fucking get around to it? Aren't they meant to be doing, like, some form of computer games and that's meant to become now an Olympic sport? Really? Yeah.
1: No, uh, surely not.
0: God, no. Really? Yeah, it's like, you know, some type of, you know… Like co- esports. Like esports. yeah, yeah, yeah. Really?
1: Uh, Japan, um, Olympic… Sport introduce. I can't spell introduced. What you need to know about the new sports for Tokyo? There'll be five, well, actually six new sports added to the program Tokyo 2020. Sport climbing. What's that? just climbing Uh, so um, so they have to do speed climbing bouldering lead climbing Uh, they're also introducing surfing skateboarding karate
0: that's a bit of an inside win there isn't an inside couple of gold medals there and
1: they're bringing back baseball ah it seems more that that sounds like more than one sport.
0: I reckon today. we've got a good chance then of doing some type of lobbying thing then for diplomacy. What do you reckon?
1: Yeah, well, I think it's surfing on
0: it. Like, whoa, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, um, so I don't know how we're going to organise this, but maybe the three dollar level is you know the, uh, you know the fun to help us get. You know the uh, the Olympics, sorry, the diplomacy on the Olympics in twenty thirty two. We'll, we'll we'll use all that inside contacts, Kana. Uh, to do
1: what? How? What are we? What positions are we going to lobby
0: for? What? well, to get you know, so so you know, it becomes a, an official Olympic sport. I
1: uh, okay. <laughs> okay, we'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Unless you got a better idea?
1: <laughs> <I don't> no, <know. laughs> not really. You just sort of you just sort of lumped that on me.
0: Um. <laughs> well, I did say that we're going to talk about that, but I didn't provide you the details. Anyway,
1: obviously, we'd need to appoint positions like certain key lobbyists would have uh, certain. Oh <gasps> uh, yes, Mate. yes.
0: We'll have to work that bit out next. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, if it's going to be a thing, then we need to. Um, yeah, we definitely need people in key positions to be lobbying certain parts of the government to to, to make that as a as a as a sport.
0: So that's that's where your um, your uh, supporter dollar will go to when you're uh, when you sign up on the Patreon feed. Uh, that and alcohol, of course. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's a base level that goes to the alcohol. There's like apparently no money that goes into the. Um, uh you know the fun for the improved technology equipment or anything like that and that's
1: not that's that's not for want of um asking but when we do ask people just generally say nah (laughs) we like you when you guys get drunk so um yeah so that's where it
0: goes Cool cool. So Jamal's just kind of sent me a message on Skype saying he'll be ready in about five minutes, so we're getting we're getting good. So um talking so with about five minutes to go until we move on to Jamal, um, I don't know, do you want to talk about your decisions around games at the moment, or should we talk about Media Wars?
1: Uh, no, I feel like Media Wars is a longer discussion, but um yeah, no, I'm just I'm just taking a break from playing games at the moment, handy. It's not not of love of the game I'm just needing to recharge my batteries and take a break from the game so I can come back to it refreshed and um, you know give it my all as opposed to you know like a half-assed kind of jump in and not really spend enough time giving it the time it deserves so um, my own You know, my own energy, like, work's pretty hectic at the moment. And um, from the point of view of not really um, being, you know, very camaraderie or, or, uh, what's the word, very um, (laughs) sportsman-like to my fellow diplomacy players I'm playing against, I've decided to take a bit of a break. So I reckon, um, you know, give me two or three weeks and I reckon I'll be back to it. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I just need to, you know, a bit of time out. I've been playing it continuously since twenty fifteen, every day. You know? Um I haven't had a Yeah, so I just need a bit of a time out. How long have you been continuously playing it, Andy? I
0: I, I don't know what what do you mean by continuous? I mean like there's the occasional N M R and things like that, so Yeah,
1: well, you know, I mean I suffer from that as well, but um,
0: look, I, I literally, I'll I yeah, sometimes there's some days I, I won't go on because I've just got too much shit on, or I may get yep. too drunk and forget. Um, but you know, more often than not, it's I don't know, it's been like now for I don't know, was well, VDIP was what 2011 and um 2011 so, yes, was was what a couple that. of years before, or, or was Oli Dip That's... then, or no, I can't even really remember. No. I don't know the winning thread's been going for 10 years, mm-hmm. so look, I, I don't know. A long while,
1: so when I uh, hang on, just let me work this one out in my head. So, uh, so, uh, so 20
0: because the, was the winning thread went so the original winning thread got closed when we moved from OliDip to V Dip, was it? Actually, WebDip will tell
1: me when did I when did I sign oh, up? Oh, yeah, to...
0: WebDip will tell me because of when I signed up with them because uh-huh. I did them first. You're right, so joined in
1: 2008. So I've been playing it pretty much non-stop for thirteen years, um, you know, give or take a day here or there. Mm-hmm. And I figure, um, you know, I actually haven't taken a week, you know, let alone two, from from the game since then, between web dip and v dip and OliDip, dip, you know. So yeah, I, I just need a bit of a bit of a recharge, and I'll be back into it.
0: No problem. Well, look, you've been visit, you've been playing more often than me, or well, long, longer, because I think I signed up on WebDip in January twenty ten. So anyway, so um, yep, I think it's it, it's sometimes a break is a good thing. So um, hope to see you back in games real real soon, Kana. Um, Jamal's ready. Shall we kind of call him in? Yeah, bring him on. So let me just work out how to fucking do this. This is what we do when we. Um, Try to do things live. Oh, fuck. I don't want to press that button. Press Jamal. Okay, add. We're calling. We're calling. I don't hear the ringing. Normally I hear ringing, but anyway. Can you hear any ringing?
1: I don't hear any ringing.
0: It says I'm calling. This is this is a Live Diplomacy podcast folks. It's where all the excitement happens. He's not answering. <laughs> he said he was from a- Here he is. Jamal, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you doing, guys? Yeah, good, mate, good. Um you have a beverage with you? Uh I only have a
2: water. Should I go get one?
0: Oh, it's up to you. We've got beverages, but it's entirely. Up is, to you.
2: is is this a critical part of the podcast? Because if it is, I will. I will go and get a beverage right now.
0: It is a critical part of the <laughs> podcast, mate. All
2: right, so just give me thirty seconds, and okay. I'll, I'll get a beverage and I'll come back.
0: <laughs> Speaking of which, are you getting low on yours at all, Kana? Um, uh, look, I'll, I'll
1: I'll 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 I might actually grab one as well.
0: Actually. Okay, cool. Yeah. So uh, at least I've. Kind of planned ahead. I brought a bottle with me. Oh, fuck. Pointing the um, microphone the wrong way. So, um, anyway, hopefully the the two lads will be back very soon. I'm back. Okay, well done, Kana. You you beat Jamal. Jamal's obviously got a longer way to go to the bar fridge. There
1: we go. How are you on your wine, Mm -hmm. there,
0: yeah, I, I, I kind of. It was a half a bottle when I started. So I all right, I'm
2: beverageed in my back.
0: Excellent. What what have you got, Jamal?
2: Um, I have a red wine because
0: that was what was on the counter. Awesome, awesome. What what type of red is it? Do you know? Canunga Hill. Oh. Okay.
2: Yes, I, I I don't know wine. My partner knows a bit about wine, so I let her choose the wine.
0: Oh, okay, good. Well, she so obviously got. Must have good taste because you went red wine rather than you know, Tanners, girly cider.
2: Yeah, something like that, right? I mean, uh, yeah, it was it was either a red wine or a bourbon, and the bourbon was in the was in the you know
0: in the cupboard. And I had to go get it, so the
1: wine it was. A bit too far. A bit too far. <laughs> Don't need to get smashed on on the show.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> look, look. If, if this is what the show is, and I'm down. I'm down. <laughs>
0: Well, I would have, I would have thought Jamal from our previous games, you would have worked out there's a bit of a reputation here when bloody Kana keeps constantly misordering because he's too drunk to write, you know, uh, different see, 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 and, see, and, and everything else. I, I thought they were deliberate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, drunk. I blame the alcohol. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yes, very good. Uh, I mean, look, I, I think Shane, uh, Shane Cubus. Oh, sorry, do we do we use names or do we avoid names? Apologies.
0: Oh no, no, you, we'll use names for your um, for for your game. That's cool. Cool. All
2: right. No, so Shane Cubus rocked up to the tournament um, uh, after a, a very big night out and proceeded to um, to do particularly well. So you know, it, it is the Cubus method of, of playing diplomacy. It works,
0: but not as well as yourself. So congratulations on your win.
2: Thank you. Um, I, I will make a note that I did beat Shane by one eighth of a centre, So, or very nearly, almost as well as me. But yes, thank you. And yeah. So, how
1: does that work? One yeah. eighth of a centre?
2: Ah, uh, well, because it's um, it was a it was a scoring system that um, that essentially you know, averaged across three different games and lead scores and that kind of thing. So um, yeah, the 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 score difference at the end ended up that had Shane taken a single center more in the entire tournament and I I had a single center less in the entire tournament he would have won wow
1: okay so you played you played England Germany and Turkey Mm -hmm. Um, which which was your which was your um the best the best country for you to play Jamal
2: well um my Germany was a six center kind of middle of the road you know everyone's you know eking out a draw my England was a one center survival and my Turkey was a 16 so I think it was Turkey
0: Ooh. Yeah, I'm sure. nice yeah yep. but I, I guess the the thing that what we particularly want to first a congratulations on winning a tournament thank you and um I'm sure our most recent guest that we interviewed Peter McNamara would probably put it down to the fact that he wasn't there Oh.
2: Look, I I would also maybe put it down to the fact that Peter back tomorrow wasn't there. That's um that's a pretty accurate assessment of um of how Peter's playing these days.
0: Um, but that being that being said, um, you know, look, look, credit where credit's due. It, look anyone who wins a tournament or or comes, you know, within you know one eighth of a supply center of winning a tournament, I think is you know a um, shows that they've they've got some awesome but diplomacy potential far better, obviously, than Kaner and myself. Um, but but, the main thing I really wanted to talk to you about, apart from how you just you, you win and, and how that all went, was what it was like being back playing face to face diplomacy again in a tournament as opposed to everyone else in the world that's having to do everything virtually
2: yeah, look it was really good I mean i um so I think I played in the last tournament before the lockdown so uh pre
0: that was the popcon uh, last year that we went to Popcon
2: last year yeah so that we when we were at that that was i think the weekend before everything got locked down in Australia yep. um and then yeah i haven't played a single game of diplomacy since then um no that's actually no that, that that's a lie i've played a couple of online games um but yeah the face to face is good i mean to me it's how diplomacy should be played i appreciate all the work that's being done to get the virtual game up and running and i think it's a game that does lend itself to being able to be played virtually and i think you could have some really really good games virtually but there is such a difference um in the face-to-face game and in you know you it's you know being that the diplomatic element and the relationship element is such a big part of it you know that having being able to form a relationship with someone over a board you know talking to them in person is so different um i I made an attempt at playing, I think, DixieCon last year online and played one game and then it was like a great time for game two and it's 3.30 in the morning and I just couldn't do it. And it's just, you know, the time zones are horrific trying yeah. to play the American tournaments. Um, I think they're trying to do rounds and leagues that are, you know, at more friendly time zones nowadays, which is nice. But, um, but yeah, so it was really good to be back face-to-face. Um, you know, uh, obviously missed you guys there. Um, you know, I... I, th- I think you guys decided you weren't coming pre all the Brisbane things but then turned out it was a very good decision um yep. but yeah it was um it was it was a really good event and I'm, I'm really glad to be back playing face to face
0: what was what was the feeling in I will say in the room but you know this this particular this particular tournament is actually held at at a player's house and it's and it's a uh, i I know from my own experience being there pre- previously and, and I think plenty of other players who've played at PoppyCon. It's it's a very welcoming, homely – it's just a great a great venue to be kind of, you know, you know, to be playing Diplomacy in. What was the vibe in the room, though, when you kind of were all around the board and playing? How, well, actually, I probably should first ask, how many players were there? And then around – what was the vibe? Yes,
2: yeah, so I think there were 14 over the two days. Yep. Um, so there was never – there was, I think, one instance where two boards were going at once, but that was because of a few eliminations and whatever else and a couple of players playing two boards. Um, the vibe was great. I mean, you know, the the house that PoppyCon is at is always excellent. The hosting is excellent. Um, they, they've redone their lounge room and it's beautiful and it's, you know, got art everywhere and it's it's, it's a gorgeous venue. Um, and, you know, I, it's a better, it's the best venue I've played diplomacy at. Um so that was really great. And it's it's all very collegiate. You know, PoppyCon is that tournament where, you know, no one's playing for sheep stations. It's not, you know, it's only ever the Australian Championships when there are no other tournaments in Australia. Um, it's, um, you know, it's just a real place where people in, are encouraged to come and learn and have fun with the game. Um, I think a lot of that comes down to the tournament direction. You know, um, Andrew Goff is the tournament director, uh, always does a really good job of welcoming new players um and um you know we had on the first day uh four new players uh who played both games um okay. you know i think that, i think i think one or two of them have played in a 2019 tournament and then they brought a few mates and had another mate rock up so i actually think the group ended up as five by the second game um but yeah the, you know they, they were they were great they were welcomed onto the table you know we we Played with them, and you know we play hard, and you know, you play diplomacy, right. and you you might attack them all at various points, but no one's ever doing it maliciously. I think there's a real positivity around it, and a real welcoming atmosphere, um, which I think probably only really, you know, I think only really at the very last game, at the very at the very death of the tournament, when there was some tournament stakes on the line and it was so close, did things ever get kind of you know a little tense and you know, intense around you know good players trying to eke it out and that kind of stuff. But other than that, it was great.
1: How aware were you of the uh, the points throughout the, um, throughout the game, Jamal? How much did that influence your thinking in play?
2: I was way too aware of the points, to be honest with you. Um, so I got my 16 on my first game, which was the second board of the first day. Um, and... I then had a horrific couple of games on the Sunday. I pl- I, I will admit I played really badly, um, and you know obviously I played well enough to to still see it through. But um, but I think um, I think I was very aware of the points. I was very aware of what I needed to do and who I needed to defend against in a tournament setting. And I actually think that meant that I went into those games on the Sunday thinking a bit too much about that and making different decisions than what the best decisions for the game on the board was and you know the the better way to have won that tournament would have been to have gotten 16 on day one and then walked in and gotten 10 on first game day two and just kind of locked it up there and just played a good game of diplomacy and I didn't I just um I was thinking about the kind of the meta of the tournament a bit too much and you know learned some really good lessons around what not to do around that to be honest so what were they um, the the big lessons were about intentions. I think um, you know we all make mistakes when we play diplomacy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and but I feel like for me a lot of my mistakes come back to uh, a kind of original intention. And there's something I'm trying to do, and it's the wrong thing to do. And so therefore, by trying to do that, I make mistakes. Um, so. Um, you know, after a 16 board top on the first day, I knew that I was a game behind. So I knew that um, there were players behind me that had played two games uh, and they had scored, you know, a nine and an eight and, you know, you know, good scores, but not a massive one. And so I knew I had one game to catch up and I knew that I had hopefully another game to try and defend. And I knew I had to survive both games. Um, But I also, I think when it, I went to the first game with the intention, so... Well, actually, let's go back. On my 16, on on, on the, the board that I did really well in, my intention was I want to play a good game of diplomacy. I want to win this board. I want to get all the centers. I want to, you know, I, I want to come in and take as many centers as I can, and I, and I did. Um, And, you know, um, a lot of my strategy was around, you know, working with people and keeping people on side so that when they fell, they would throw centers to me or when, you know, the position they were in, I was able to take their centers without really pissing them off too much. And they were still willing to work with me. Um, On the second day, I came in and my intention on the first board was I need no one to get a big score. Essentially, I'm like, I need to be the biggest scorer in the tournament by a long shot. And so I didn't even really care if I won that game. I was just trying to make sure that nobody got too many centers more than anyone else. In the game, um, so it meant that you know I was playing in Germany in that one, and it meant that you know we had a a decent England-France alliance. The France player and I have struggled to work together in the past. We always make it kind of work, and then it's like a question of whether we can keep making it working. And you know, um, we have made it work in the past, and I believe that we really can. And when, when we do both commit to it, it works well. But there is a bit of a history there where there's enough times where one of us has not made it work and so there's there is a little bit of tension in that relationship which is an existing one and so we had a pretty good alliance where we just kind of ate england really quickly and then it came time to go okay well if you want to go if you want this alliance to work you've got to go turn on russia and i kind of looked at it and went yeah but russia's keeping turkey small and i don't want france to get too big so then i kind of just sat there and i wasn't really intending on stabbing france at all but by sitting there france goes oh well you're not doing anything i'm going to come and attack you so that I'm pushing back against France and then I need to spend a turn though just pushing a little bit back against Russia to keep them in check and it was just this constant kind of back and forth balance of trying to make sure no one got too big uh in, in the process of which I didn't do very very well myself and kind of you know I got my result that no you know I think it was a 988 at the end of that game um but you know I just didn't just didn't play well
0: hmm. But obviously he played well enough to um, be part of that three way.
2: Uh you know, sorry, sorry. Um, the nine eight eight was the lead. It was like a nine eight eight, and then a six, and then a okay, four, sorry. and then it was like a six way. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, that's fine. That's fine. Um, hey, quick question: Was your brother playing?
2: He was. Yes, he was the England that we ate very quickly in that second game.
0: <laughs> 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 How did he take that?
2: Oh, he's fine. He's used to it. I mean, you know, every, it, it's funny, right? I, th- I think, you know, I talk about intention being really important and how you decide. Also, perception is really important, right? I think it's like everyone always thinks me and my brother would naturally work really well together. And I think because of that, neither of us are very willing to do it because we just go, oh, well, they're going to like, you know, they're, they're going to think we're allied and we better not. And so we never do. And so we always fight. Um, And <laughs> and then tends to be what happens is we'll fight and he'll die, but he'll kind of take me down with him. And so he'll just kind of, you know, end up in this weird situation where no one wins.
0: No, that's fine. That's fine. Hey, look, um, yeah. the times that we've played at uh, Poppy Corner and the Melbourne Open, um, it, it's always been great fun. And uh, I, I had a lot of learnings with um, the Melbourne Open, the, which was in, what, 2018? I think 2018? Can't remember really now. But anyway... Um, that was probably my first, my, that was my first tournament for uh, for diplomacy, and um, I was a little bit put back at the time by your bravado and, you know, intense negotiation style, which often was also about probably preventing me from writing down orders. Um, did you... Did you kind of play this a similar way at this Popicon, or or ha, 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 look? How do you view your own gameplay? So yeah, my game has What's developed
2: a lot over the past couple of years. yeah. Well, l- let me tell you all my secrets.
0: Oh yes, please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll no, just, I, I mean, I'll just rewind <laughs> this podcast in twelve months' time when we play again the next. We'll play it again, and they be like, "Oh, this is
2: what he's doing." Yeah. <clears throat> um. No, so um, my, honestly, my game has developed a lot since then. Um, I. I um I acknowledge that I have not been the best diplomacy player for my entire career. I um I think I often have played different styles and tried to do different things and I think I started as a little bit of a cocky diplomacy player and I started as much too much of a technical diplomacy player. I was interested in the right moves at the right time. Um you know and I think um I spent a lot of time in the past couple of years really trying to undo a lot of that learning um so you know i can um i can totally see how at the time we played i you know came across the wrong way or was applying the wrong tactics or was trying to you know force it a little bit too much and you know in the past couple of years i've learned that's not the way that i can play diplomacy there are some players that can you know i think you know you you said you spoke to peter last week peter mcnamara is a great example of a player that can um really be that you know hey i'm a great diplomacy player and you need to do what i'm going to tell you to do and you know this is um you know you better not come at me because i'm going to beat you and he will um and so it's like there's a sense there that um that that style really works for him because he has that real technical ability, and I just don't. And I think I've had to learn a different style of play, which is much more subtle, much more about stopping and listening and being silent a lot more of the time. You know, I, you know, I still talk my mouth too much, and that's still a problem I have to fix in my game, and you know, certainly in the the games on Sunday at Popicon showed that. But um, I I think I really feel like I am um I am much better the the more calm I am and the more subdued I am. And, you know, there were some new tactics I was applying in this tournament really around that idea of sitting back a lot more and not trying to force the issue on anything and trying to let things happen a lot more. And, and that, that did work really well for me.
0: I, I must admit, like, I, I, I've i even seen myself an evolution in your gameplay between Melbourne Open and Popicon last time we played. Like, you were, mm. you, you were becoming more of a... Um, I won't say calm, but like a more measured. Definitely a lot more measured in your interactions. You know what I mean? And mm. and, and that was quite. And I can't remember if you remember, but we kind of was were we like semi allied for a while there until one. Yeah, I'm sure. I think we were, and then one stage either I stabbed you or you stabbed me. I think I may have stabbed you. I, I think it
2: definitely was that because I, th- I remember last last year I was still in the phase where I was deliberately never stabbing. I, I, I would I would be happy to lose games in order to never stab because that was something I was trying to teach myself and something I was trying to learn about um, my game and change my game in. Yeah, not that I think I ever stabbed all that much to begin with. I mean, I did a little bit, but like not well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think I definitely realised that I needed to learn that art of counter-punching more rather than attacking. And so I, I spent years mm. never stabbing and deliberately getting low scores because I allowed myself to get stabbed. So, yes, definitely you stabbed me.
0: Okay. So so um, that's actually – that's a really in, very insightful. So when you went into Popicon this time around, did you – what was your – were you stabbed – did you stab at all? Or, or how did that work out?
2: Um, I did stab um, mm-hmm. I did a big stab on Italy in the 16th center Turkey mm-hmm. um and but I think that was the only one I think yeah as Germany it depends who you ask right if you ask France in my Germany game I stabbed him by not attacking Russia um but um but no I I, I didn't I didn't go for a kill and actually the big mistake I made in that second game was there was a moment when, as Germany, I had a free walk into Paris and Marseille with unopposed, could have taken them immediately and I didn't. And that was, in hindsight, what I should have done. Um, but um, so no, I did, I did make a stab and it was a big stab of Italy. Um, I think that kind of keeps to my current attitude around stabs, which is only stab if you're going to win from it. Yep. So like, and not not just win the stab, but like win the game. Yeah. So I stabbed Italy because I saw that I had a shot at an 18. Um, and that was my shot at the 18. I had to stab Italy in order to get there. And I went, okay, Italy's fleets aren't in the right position in the, in the Mediterranean. England is kind of going to beat him to the line. So effectively, I have to go for this 18 now. I can't wait for Italy to get the fleets in, in order because he's not going to. And so I have to stab him. And yeah, it was a very effective stab. I took four centers in the first turn on the stab and then I cleaned up all of the Italian centers that England didn't. Oh, England got Tunis, uh, but that was it. Um. So yeah, it, that was a stab that I did do, but it was only at the point where it's, this is essentially the pivotal point of the game and this is where you've got
0: to do it. It's actually really interesting you say that because there's, there's been a, a number of interviews we've probably done over the last 12 months or so where this is a bit of a recurring theme amongst particularly good players, so consider yourself in good company there. Of <laughs> of, of that whole, look, you, you you don't stab until literally, you know, it's you know, either A, hey, you just don't stab, you kind of convince people to give you supply senders, which, hey, I'd, I'd like to learn the, the magic secrets of that. Um but you know until you get to the point where literally it's it's like going down the wire and now's the time because if you don't stab now you've got no chance to possibly win the game and and it is quite late in the game and i think the um, the risk there and look i can tell you right now i'm very much um i i am trying to get better personally around not stabbing people as often and in fact i've yeah. kind of in some of my recent games been a uh, a, a a a non uh participatory oh we are sorry you can tell how much i've been drinking um you know receive of a stab so in other words i've uh, didn't didn't kind of expect it and didn't want it and it happened anyway um but yeah it's it's kind of a, i'm finding i'm i'm trying to do something similar to what you're doing, trying to learn how to roll with the punches um so that you can kind of you know get through that a- am i perfect at that? absolutely not there's some games I have decided to stab and honestly end up just kind of just being like a slugfest where everybody just gets a bloody nose and, and someone else kind of comes up and just cannibalises the situation
2: well it's exactly that right I think it's that thing where you know you have to expect with a stab that you are going to make an enemy for life so it's mm. that thing where if, if you stab you have to fully expect the person you stab is then going to throw everything against you um and, and you then have to be in a position where that's okay um
1: but- Jamal that's what I really enjoyed playing with you is that I stabbed you and you came back and you did everything under the sun to what can I do to survive let's get back together let's keep on working together I really appreciated that about your play style and it surprised me when you were saying you know that um, you know you have to expect people to you know go all out against you but It doesn't always happen that
2: way. Well, yeah, and that's not to say that the best move for the person who gets stabbed is to go all out against you, right? Hmm. Um, There's there's a lot around the idea that if you're going to get stabbed and you have to make a very quick assessment of if you're going to win the fight, right? So, you know, if someone one dots you and you go, sorry, you go, you know, hey, they've stabbed me. I've lost a center, but you know what? I'm in a better position than them. I can win this fight. Then, yeah, you go for it. You take the gloves off and you go after them. But if someone stabbed you and you go, you know what? That's a good stab. I can't come back from this. Then it's actually about then going, okay, how do I survive this game? So you know, where am I most useful? Um, and where am I able to really get into a position where I can um, – I can, I can stay in the game. Um, so, you know, in my big in my big turkey game, um, I stabbed Italy and um, I was really surprised that Italy didn't throw everything against me and Italy was still willing to work with me. We, you know, we developed a really good relationship all game and he was like, yeah, okay. He took all my centers, but okay. Um, now, again, my, you know, my mistake in that big game and what cost me the 18 rather, what got me on 16 rather than 18 was that, what i should have done after stabbing italy was realize he wasn't going to throw everything at me and then gone cool i'll leave you on three centers and if you keep pushing against england we'll have got enough fleets to beat him um instead i was a bit worried about italy throwing everything against me so i just took him out when actually i had stabbed someone who was very willing to work with me still um and i should have utilized that better but um you yeah, know I, I appreciate that um i appreciate that uh that comment, because I think it's um it's very much um situation I can in the game and if that is if that means working with the person who stabbed me unless they've been an asshole about it, I I keep working with them.
0: <laughs> um one thing that and actually I think we talked about this oh sorry. Kana will remember this when we last talked to Peter um was talking a little bit around virtual games and, you know, what what's missing in virtual games versus face to face and one of the key things he talked about was um not so much the interplay between players during games but it was that interaction you have when you're not playing games you know when you go out to lunch at the burger place around the joint I think from memory around Mel's I don't know if you guys went there this time mm. or yeah, even did. just you know the, the, <laughs> the beers after the games and things like that um can you tell us a little bit around what it was like to be able to just you know decompress and talk about a you know a game or a tournament you know um, in a social environment with the players
2: yeah I mean I think um I think Peter's absolutely right there right I think I think the big thing that Again, this is something that I've developed in my game, and you know, I, I would say everyone who plays diplomacy, whether they're a good player or a bad player, should try to develop. Is it's the, the people you play with are people, right? Like you're not you're not playing against Germany, you're playing against Peter McMahon, you know, you're playing against <clears throat> Andrew Goff, you know, you're playing against you guys, and they're people. And not only is that important in a game sense, in a you know, hey, how does this person think? How does this person act? What can I, you know can I work with this person? Do I like this person? But it's also a sense in, um, you know, that there's a human element to it. Diplomacy is a social game. I think it goes back to like, why do we play board games at all, right? Like, well, why does anyone play board games? If if your only aim in playing any board game, but diplomacy specifically, if your only aim is to win and that's all you care about and you're just in the hobby to try and win as much as possible, then, you know, I, I think that's a, that's a little bit of a sad way of approaching it. I think, yeah, at the end of the day, we're here to enjoy ourselves, right? Like, I, if I had a terrible time at every single game I played, I wouldn't want to play. And what makes it a game that I love is the fact that it is social. It's the fact that I'm a very social person. And I love playing a game that uses that and that, that, um, that engages with that. So, yeah being able to go to the burger joint and have a chat about life and catch up on how people are going there are people i only ever see at diplomacy tournaments and i catch up on what they're doing in life and i root for them and i hope they're doing well and you know um yeah it's like um you you have beers afterwards or you you know in in my case i was um i was staying with another player and we'd stay up till 2 a.m and talk about everything that was going on and you know it you know that's a great it's a great thing. And I, I honestly, I've met some of my best friends through diplomacy. I think, you know, there's a number of people who I would class amongst my, my group of best friends, and they're, they're diplomacy players. And I met them through diplomacy, but because I see them as people and not just players, you can have real relationships. And that's, I you mean, know, that's the point of, of any hobby, right?
0: No, absolutely. Very much agree. Um, so you, you mentioned at the beginning of the interview about how close it was between yourself and Shane. Um, how did you guys go playing against each other?
2: I mean, effectively, we didn't. Um, so there was really no game where we actually there was there was one game we played on the same board, and I was Germany, and he was Turkey. Um, so we just we didn't really have any interaction. Um, so it was very much just a race to the finish, really. You know, I think we both played our own game. Um, you know, Shane played much more consistently than i did and got a lot of good scores and i just happened to luck out and get one massive score and a couple of survival scores um but yeah no we 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 didn't ever get to a point where we were towing that line going do we need to attack each other or do we need to work together and it just didn't happen this game and i I play really well with chain I, i really like playing with chain and i suspect had we been placed as russia and turkey on the same board we would have worked together even if we were both in the lead for the tournament um but um yeah I, it, it, just, it just for whatever reason didn't happen and it just came into a it came down to a, a foot race and i i think I quite like that because I think as much as I um almost screwed over my tournament win by thinking too much about the meta i I think you know when you get into a game where it is people attacking people because they're ahead in the tournament it takes away from from the game a little bit
0: yeah okay yeah, that's cool um, yeah okay look look i'm I'm pretty much um Pretty much done, Jamal. On questions, look from my point point of view, I, I, I'd like to thank um, not only a yourself for coming on to uh, to the podcast today to talk a little bit around the game, but but particularly to to Mel and that call for hosting it, Absolutely. and uh, obviously for Andrew Goff for uh, uh, being the tournament director. Um, Kana, what about yourself? Anything that you wanted to touch on t- tonight?
1: Yeah, Jamal, do you ever got a favourite country to play? Ah, uh, well, it's now Turkey.
2: The <laughs> 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 um, turkeys jumped to the top of that list um traditionally it's been england um and i had a really really bad game as england um but yeah traditionally i've liked england i feel i feel like i understand that country well and i understand some of the the nuances there are some little tricks you play with england that um that that when you're new you don't understand and when you get a bit better you, you kind of understand a couple of things that are counterintuitive about that country. So I've always quite liked England. But um, no, I mean, Turkey has always been a country that I have theoretically enjoyed but never felt like I've quite understood. Well, I, I feel like I can definitely understand how to play Turkey now and so it's nice to nice to have that one in the books. Nice.
0: Actually, nice. The, the thing that's interesting about that, Jamal, is um, – both obviously England and Turkey are corners of the board powers, uh, and that was one of the things we were just the our last interview when we talked to to, uh, to Peter around uh, our game stuff, i.e., myself and Kana, and, uh, and and one thing he kind of touched on was that I'm I'm far more stronger playing around the edge of a board as opposed to the centre of a board. Um, ha, ha, do you, do you resonate more with like a edge of the board player rather than in the middle?
2: Um, I think it depends on the style of play, you know I think I mentioned before, right there are different ways of playing, and you you kind of need to work out what your natural style is and lean into that. you know, I think it's you know if I tried to play like Peter McNamara or Tim jones i would I would play badly, whereas I think I have a um uh admittedly a much worse version of this, but I have a much more Andrew Goff style of play um so you know I think um it, it depends on who you are and where you're going, but um um. So yeah, I, I definitely resonate with that. I think my style of play is more suited to um you know, we we're talking before about trying to develop that patience and that calmness. I think, you know, the corner powers are much more suited to that and the edge powers are much more suited to that. Um but yeah, I mean I think, you know, someone like Peter is really good in the center because he sees the tactics really well and he sees the ability to to know, you know, when you're playing Germany and Austria, you you need to move your pieces correctly. You know, you can't get away with Having a couple of turns where you misorder or where you do something that's just strategically a bit off, Um, and you know if you're a player that doesn't never does that, then those powers are really powerful. What gets most new players when they're playing Austria is they don't know what to do strategically. Whereas if you know, then yeah, it's a strong power. Um, I'm interested to hear why you think you play better on the corners, or or even if you think you play better on the corners.
0: Personally, I think it's because. Peter made that determination on the fact that when I play Germany I do stupid shit that doesn't work out yep. well for me. Yeah. And when I play Austria and Italy, I try to play well, but inevitably fuck up and get eaten up. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah.
2: Yeah, you can't you can't fuck up as Austria and Italy, really.
0: No, it's a little bit a little bit harder. Um, actually the other thing I just want to mention, you, you touched on you touched on Tim, obviously Mel was the host. Just looking at the actual the leaderboard to be perfectly honest, it, you, you talked about how close it was between yourself and, and Shane, um, Mel, Call, and Tim Jones were, were both kind of also you know hot on your heels. So um, some some great players there amongst the four of you, and then obviously having Goffey on the sidelines there doing the tournament director. I think it's a a very encouraging thing for the uh, the Australian slash uh, primarily Melbourne diplomacy scene. So um, yeah, well done again, great great job, Jamal.
2: Thank you. No, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's really good to really good to chat about it. And um, yeah, you know, hopefully we'll see you guys at the next one. I, I hear you're running. You might be running a Brisbane one.
0: Well, well for, for starters, we need to get enough people together for just a normal face to face game. We've had a lot of problems since COVID trying to actually get everyone to turn up at once. We, I think the closest we got was to almost six, but then it fell dropped mm-hmm. down to five. So uh, we'll see what happens after this lockdown and and. Um, you know, we'll we'll reassess the situation probably more May, June. But um I'd love to get a tournament going up here, but I think we need to kind of just build a little bit of local momentum first before we uh, uh you know cast the, the the net wider to all of our interstate friends. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah.
2: Well look I'm I look forward to playing with you guys again though. I, I, I think um, you know, we spoke a bit about that development. I definitely see that in your games. Um, you know, I think I've maybe I've been a little bit too focused on my own development in the past few years to stop and look at what other players are doing but um i definitely feel like especially the last time i played with you guys it was really good i felt like there was a lot of um a lot of growth and a lot of um you, know, you just understood the game you know i think you you often see new players come in or newer players come in and yeah you, know, you can kind of tell pretty clearly quickly whether they understand the game or not um and you know um i think that that can be said for the four or five new players that came to Popicon this year too, but could definitely be said for you guys. And um, you know, it helps that you you talk about it over a beer every every week or so. But um, but yeah, it's um, it's definitely a um, it's definitely really encouraging to see, and something I'm really keen to, to watch how you guys go and and you know, be part of, and hopefully, uh, not too much the uh, the negative recipient of your your eventual tournament wins. <laughs>
0: Watch this place.
1: My money's on Amby winning a tournament first That's
0: my money Ah, oh, bullshit, <laughs> bullshit you, You've become a much better player than I The master has kind of learnt from the apprentice Or was the other way around I can't fucking remember The apprentice learnt from us Anyway um, Long story short uh, yeah, Yes Jamal Looking forward to that wonderful day That we can kind of get together And play face to face again soon uh, Hopefully when we don't have the dreadful loogie Going around here in Brisbane <laughs> yeah. and, and it's not going around in Melbourne again So um, let's all get those jabs hey
2: yes absolutely let's do it go, go get vaccinated and um, yeah, do, do it for diplomacy should, absolutely try and, try, try and get that slogan out there
1: <laughs> do
2: it for diplomacy <laughs>
0: cool thanks very much Jamal thanks very much for spending time with us tonight
2: thanks guys have a good one see you mate bye thanks, mate. See you.
0: and we're back yeah
1: uh, and um, well snuck in for a win
0: there good on you Jamal yeah that was, this, that was this awesome um yeah, Actually, I was, was kind of really wanting to
1: ask him what if he wanted to share any of his tips and tricks for England because I suck at England. Oh, it's one of my I, I I do better as Austria than England. So you do better as a centre power, you reckon? No, I just suck at England. <laughs> I just end up in a situation where I'm just like, oh great, I've got I've got Scandinavia and maybe a low country, and I'm just what do I do? You know, yeah. I just yeah. Oh, no, I just I never I never sort of see the growth potential of England. Having said that, watching people grow exponentially as England is fascinating to watch, but I just never seem to manage it myself.
0: Look, I, I think as we've talked about recently, Kana, it seems to be like England and Italy tends to be the players or the the countries that have that uh, mid-game, you know, exponential growth happening. You know, provided they can kind of get through. You know the you know nineteen hundred and two three four, mm. then they start hitting their strides and start ramping up by about five six seven
1: mm yeah, you're right um, yeah, you're right,
0: so talking which, how about we talk about our media wars game that I'm um, involved in for media wars two, kind of like World War one became World War two now we've got media Wars two after the first one. Um, yeah, so tell me
1: uh the protagonist's the same. what's happening in that
0: uh no, it's kind of changed around a little bit between different players um mm-hmm. so some things were a little bit well not not what I kind of expected, so I kind of misinterpreted some things when when um Captain Meme got in touch, so we have at the moment, and i uh oh, sec, maybe it'd be better for me to go back to the info page. I think the info page actually has all this shit listed. Uh, Here it is, okay. So we have um, Flash, who is uh, from Legendary Tactics. So, you know, we've interviewed him before. Um, He's playing Austria again. So last game he played is Austria, and he's managed to score Austria one more time. Um, Yeah, let me just double-check the name so I kind of get them all right. Uh, Let's come back to that player. So I'm playing as Italy. Mm. Florida man is playing as England. Very well known mm-hmm. for his diplo- for his um, diplomacy YouTube channel. Uh, Go Horns Go, who played the last game from the Diplomats, he's playing as Germany. Okay, yep. Um, Turkey is Oliver Lug, who we previously interviewed for his, remember his uh, game of knife slash life or whatever like that, which was that... Um, Awesome YouTube video he produced.
1: Oh, righto. Yep, yep, gotcha. Yep.
0: And Lady Razor, who is a well-known um, cartoonist, etc., like that, who's playing as Russia. And uh, Ezio, who is a co-commentator with uh, Captain Mean on Diplostrats, he's uh, he's playing as as France.
1: Okay, righto, and given that we recently interviewed Peter McNamara for his awesome win as Italy. Um, or win?
0: Well, yeah. we, we kind the board. Of, yeah, top the, the board. board on yeah, it. Yeah, you yeah kind of won the, um, the DBN in, uh, Invitational. Yeah, so have you? did you uh, pick up anything from that interview that you're plying in this one? Uh, look, I'm trying to. I'm trying to, but um, it's become a little bit um, problematic. So in the last game... Um Flash from from Legendary Tactics as as you as you may or may not recall kinda teamed up at the time with Captain Mean as Russia to absolutely devastate and destroy me as Turkey within exceptional with exceptional speed. Um, forced me just to become a like just literally like a, a Janissary fleet floating around the Ionian, pimping myself out to them until they decided, nah, knife, dang, you don't, you're dead and I was the first player out. Um so he's kind of, and, and you know, kept to his his, um, uh, his style, and uh, despite kind of putting out some uh, wonderful you know words of, of sweetness and joy around doing you know some devastating uh, work against another player, he uh, proceeded to move Trieste into Venice during fall nineteen hundred and one uh, when it was vacant. So um, that 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 wasn't kind of. Uh, you know, planned with me, so oh, you're too trusting, the ambition. I, I am to a certain extent, but I'm not because my army in Apulia. I moved back to Venice just in case he did that, so we bounced. Oh, um, okay. So you know, it's like, hmm, what happened there? Oh, oh, I'm sure we forgot a little small miscommunication. Blah 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 blah. Anyway, so um, that so you can't that,
1: trust Austria.
0: Can't trust Austria. When you're Italy, you can't trust Austria. Absolutely. Um, My fleet in the Ionian obviously moved into Tunis, so at least I've got one build. Mind you, Austria has got two builds because he's got a um, uh, now an army in Serbia and moved his fleet from Trieste to Albania now into Greece with uh, Serbian support. Um, Sitting on the fence a little bit, I was going to call it a little bit as far as um, the uh, the Turkish sorry there's the Turkish situation with Austria is uh, Oliver's just sat in Bulgaria holding and done a bit of a um, a shuffle because he's previously his fleet in Ankara and the Russian fleet in Sev were bouncing in the Black Sea in spring, but they've uh, obviously got together you know a bit of a you know kiss and make up because now Ankara has gone to Conn and Smin has gone to Ankara, and Sev has gone to Romania. So maybe, maybe, maybe there might be a little bit of a juggernaut thing potentially happening there, although I was surprised that uh, Bulgaria didn't support... I think he probably could have... it didn't really matter, but he, he, you know, he could have supported Sev into Romania, but maybe that might have signalled things a bit too hard. Um, the one thing that I've done which didn't really work out the way I expected is I had um, had some conversations with Germany to do a particular um, interesting content move. Let's just call it that, which was moving uh, Venice to Tyrolia in spring and Tyrolia into Munich with German um, acquiesce.
1: Sorry, run that by me again. What?
0: Venice to Tyrolia in spring. Venice and to then, Tyrolia, yep. Yep, and then Tyrolia to Munich in fall but with Germany being aware that I was moving into Munich. Mm, Only you
1: didn't move it to Munich, you moved back to Venice.
0: Uh, No, I moved to Puglia to Venice. So I still tried to move to Munich, but Germany then got uh, actually moved from Ruhr to Munich with Burgundy support from France.
1: Why is that beneficial for Germany.
0: Well, unless, of course, he's setting things up for a, um, a France-Germany alliance.
1: Which isn't good for Italy.
0: That's not good for Italy. It's definitely not good. And it's not good for England.
1: No. Okay. So you'll just help cement France and Germany.
0: Well, when you say I helped, I don't uh, – look, both France – okay, so both France and Germany were telling me, hey, yeah, that's all cool. That sounds really, really good. And then um, didn't do it at all. So, I don't know. It's everyone around me seems to be lying bastards.
1: Ah. <laughs> okay. Scoundrels. That's what they are. All of them. Okay. Rightio. Um, so, here's the question. Why do you think Austria tried to grab Venezuela?
0: This is a cheeky bastard.
1: Did he know you were moving to Tyrolia?
0: I was already in Tyrolia. So I told him I was moving Tyrolia to Munich. Yeah. Look, there was a little bit of, look, the only thing I can put it down to was maybe a misinterpretation slash, you know, whatever, Um, because I had previously mentioned to to Austria that, look, I want to move Venice to Tyrolia and Tyrolia into Munich just to make it interesting and a bit of fun. And he was like, oh, no, 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 don't do that. And then we kind of had a bit of a chat and I kind of agreed, okay, I won't move to Tyrolia. And I planned, I, I, honest, honest, you know, I, I actually planned to move Tyrolia back to Venice. However, that was when literally the lockdown happened and everything went fucking batshit at work because the nature of my work, interrelates without going to a lot of detail into some of the COVID response stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, I didn't get back to hopping online to update my order because I just literally forgot about it. And um, I I did mention that to uh, Austria afterwards and did my mea culpa and said, oh, well, it's okay. It still worked out well because clearly, you know, this was my plan, but, hey, I'm going to have to work out something else. And he's like, oh, no, 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 I'm worried you're going to move to Vienna or or Trieste. And um, I said, no, 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 look, I don't want to do that. You know, I'm 100% supportive of of what we've discussed with regards to our plan. And he still chose to move Trieste to Venice.
1: Hmm. (sighs) I guess I would have probably done the same. I, you know, honestly... Um hmm. it's hard, isn't it? Like put yourself in Austria's shoes. What's he got to believe? The truth. <laughs> <laughs> How does he know you're telling the truth? You could be the lion bastard in the room.
0: <laughs> Look, okay, so so we've previously talked around so pre- so previous interviews and things we've talked around the idea of um you know the IAs and the and the bots and being able to understand what's going on and the whole nature of lying and the fact that usually when you start providing details around you know real life situations and whatever that's usually in most cases a harbinger that this person is trying to be legit or is legit. It's not usually a lie. Not always but not usually. Yeah, and that well, was the That's case what here. the
1: research says. But has Austria read the research? <laughs>
0: Shut the fuck up, Kona.
1: <laughs> Maybe he's read it. Maybe he knows you've read it. And he's going, no, I don't believe it any- anyway.
0: Shut up. Yeah,
1: I know he's read it. And I'm going to attack him because I know he's using that technique on me. <laughs>
0: Look, honestly, I wish i fucking moved Tyrolia to Vienna <laughs> just to fuck him up. But anyway. But you got so, to build anyway, right? Sorry? you got to build? Yeah, I've got to build, but he's got two builds. So he'll he'll build Vienna, he'll build Budapest. And yeah. I guess my only saving to. grace is hopefully, you know, the Russians and the Turks start deciding, let's go roll over, um, you yeah, know, Austria. Yeah, well, I must admit there was lots of other was, crazy shit that was going on in this too. turn as well. So... Sorry, you said?
1: Yeah, Austria and Italy falling into battle this early on is not very good for, well, Austria and Italy's longevity when it comes to Turkey-Russia coordination, is it? No.
0: So, look, look, let me just touch on a couple of things also that were just different around the board that you wouldn't normally expect. So, you very rarely get come in fall 1901 where you've got Multiple units just holding and not doing anything. Okay. So I touched on before around the Turkish unit that moved to Bulgaria in spring just sat there and held in fall. Did they move to Serbia or Greece? No. Or or support someone or just do something, you know what I mean? Mm, Okay. Germany had moved the fleet keel to Denmark in spring and just held in fall, which allowed. Did Did Russia take Sweden? Yes. Move Gulf of Bithynia to Sweden. Okay, so that's
1: a sign that Russia and Germany are working together.
0: Correct. Um, and particularly where you've got, so England, no surprise, England had a standard move of, um, look, obviously it's a standard uh, northern English move, trying to inform move uh, Yorkshire to uh, being convoyed across to Norway with uh, North Sea and Norwegian support. It succeeded, but St. P tried to attack Norway. So now it's going to be interesting, the fact that you've got these two Russian units uh, in in Sweden and St. P. You've now got three over in the English thing. So it'll be interesting what happens there. But the well, other thing I've that was very... Russia's got two builds yet? Yeah? Y- yes, it's got Romania and Sweden. Two builds. But the did other thing said- that was interesting was in spring, Russia did a reverse ambi moved to Cilicia. it moved to Cilicia from warsaw <laughs> but then held in Cilicia in fall and did nothing oh. so what this tells me is there is if i was being honest looking at the board at the in the broader game it looks like a russia germany france alliance with turkey as a acquiescing but non known participatory uh, in uh, Alliance member So I think uh, I think uh, The fact that now Russia has got a fleet in Romania It's going to limit a lot of his work there And I think you'll find that Russia's probably going to get more involved in I was going to say more involved in the Northern game But seeing it's an um, He really should have moved Army St. P At least into Finland So he could have freed up St. P For a fleet build in the north or something
1: yeah, he can still do that in spring and, take, and go free on Norway, um, but he'll need a uh, support in the south. Um, Austria, again, what, picked up Greece and Serbia.
0: Great. Okay, so, yeah, so, so, so here's the build. So Turkey has got one build with Bulgaria. Uh, Turkey, myself, got one build with Tunis. Uh, Austria's got two builds with uh, Army, Serbia, Fleet, Greece. Russia two builds with fleet Romania, fleet Sweden England one build with army Norway Germany two builds with fleet Denmark, army Holland France two builds with army Belgium, fleet Portugal Whoa. Which tells me you're going to get Portugal to Spain, south coast And it won't be too long until they start the knocking I uh, don't know, like, honestly, things aren't looking good for England
1: up north, are they? If Russia's gearing up... Well, yeah, for Breast is open for a
0: build, so yeah, it's so, possible yeah. as well, yeah. You
1: know, he's left Breast open, it could be an attack on England.
0: Well, when you've got um, Germany and Russia reaching an agreement on, on Sweden, there's a real risk that, yeah, you might find that um, you know, Denmark might try to do something with England, not England, with with France to you know start squeezing out the North Sea or something like that. I don't know. It's
1: perfect for all of those powers, really: Turkey, Russia, France, Germany, for you and Austria, to be duking it out over nothing, really.
0: Yeah, know, exactly.
1: You know, so yeah. I I, mean, I I still don't understand why you're in Tyrol,
0: I might tell you something off tape around what my plan was <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay right
0: maybe we'll yep. do an addendum for the Patreon listeners and they can kind of hear it okay right. so shall we wrap it up oh,
1: I think we should this has been a good one actually I've enjoyed talking to Jamal and um, yeah It'd be good to hear about your take on media wars
0: Cool. Okay, well, if anyone wants to find out what the secret goss is, what my original plan was, they'll have to tuck in a couple of ducks, <laughs> <laughs> which would probably be pretty good for all. Actually, if if any of my uh, my competitors in this game were smart, they'd sign up and then then just leave <laughs> afterwards. So, um, uh, <laughs> Patreon dot com, um, so P A T R E O N dot com slash diplomacy games. Uh, all the stuffs there, and and don't forget to, um, you know, maybe chip in an extra buck or so, just to kind of help us with our campaign to make diplomacy an Olympic sport in twenty thirty
1: two. All right, I'm Gator. Hey, Cheers, guys.
0: Cheers, bye. Cheers.